Good afternoon, my beloved brothers and sisters here in the Amazons and the limits of Peru and Brazil. You may be seated. Today, I am going to be giving a brief teaching to you, those who live in this region, so that you may learn and as well teach those who are to convert later on that they may learn the doctrine, that they learn to not be afraid or to be timid regarding honoring and glorifying our Lord when it is regarding to call and praise our Lord, to magnify him, that we not be afraid or be timid in doing so, but that our heart and our soul be open, willing for God, that we not be ashamed to speak to others of the path of God, that we not be ashamed that the people or our neighbors, loved ones, family members, hear us or know or find out that we are of the church, that we read the Bible, and that we are seeking an invisible God, a God in spirit and truth, that we not be afraid or be cowardly, but that we raise our head on high, full of pride, for we are children of God and knowledgeable of the word of God. This is what the Lord wants from us. It's fine that our ancestors taught us so many things. We learned so much since antiquity. But the Lord has given us the opportunity to know the Bible. And in the Bible, it speaks that God manifests himself and the spirit of the Lord manifests in man, in men and women who are willing and believe in him. And in this way, this is why we believe that God exists. For he has manifested himself through the Holy Spirit and his marvelous gifts. And in antiquity, when we were taught by our ancestors to know God, they taught us to know a God who was mute, a God who was physical or material, that never heard or listened and was so, so far away. Our ancestors told us, go outside and look up. That is where God is, but way up, farther than the sun or the stars. That is where God is, but oh, so far away. God so far, far from us. We said, oh, but why call upon him? If he is so far, he can't hear us. So people in antiquity used to think, well, since God is so far away, let us make here gods of what we can. Let us convert any being or object any element, and that will be our God. Let us create dances, rituals, sounds, music, words, rituals. Let us make all of this up, and that will be our gods. Then they will hear us. Since God is so far, then let us create something. But we need a higher being. We need of something or someone that is supernatural to help us and support us. 
That was the teaching and the beliefs. And that is what the devil placed upon the people from the beginning. And since the Lord knew and the Lord knows that man would go towards himself, would go towards their own philosophies and thoughts or their own creations. The Lord beforehand wrote and ordered Moses to write in a book all that man would do later on and to write in that book as well what they should not do. And in this way, Moses writes. And this is why today we're going to be reflecting upon three verses in Exodus chapter 20. But before, let us greet our brothers and sisters and all of the persons who will watch us today in the video here in Leticia Amazons in Colombia. And we give them all a welcome and a greeting with all of our heart. And we want, I want to share with you, those in the video, that we are here in Leticia. It's the first time I come after 11 years since the church began. And I congratulate the pillars who see around here that began the church. This is a place of great vegetation. This place is the one of the lungs of the world. It is labeled as one of the lungs of the world, if not the first one. The first one, the lung of the world here in the Amazon. Beautiful land, a beautiful land. This is what I saw from the airplane. It's a green rainforest, a great wide and mighty river called the Amazon River. And the Lord came here to have these people fall in love with him, to have them all fall in love with him. And he will continue to have many fall in love with him. And that is what is beautiful. So I share with you that today we are here in Letizia for the first time so that you may delight and excuse us. Perhaps we will speak words or a content that will be here of this region so that you may delight in our Bible study here in Letizia. So thank you. God bless you. <laughs> Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Did you bring your Bibles? Let me see the Bibles. The Bibles? Oh, yes. Very well. Exodus chapter 20. The Lord spoke. God spoke to Moses. And he says in verse 2, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Again, I reiterate that I'm going to give this brief teaching so that you may learn and be teachers, both men and women, and you may teach others who are to come and those that are new here, who have not understood the path of God. Today, you're going to leave here graduated as teachers of the word of God. So verse four, the Lord says, the Lord says to Moses, teach these people you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above. In heaven above, what was there? The stars, the moon, the sun. We can't see anything else, bright stars. 
We see the planets. Well, we can't see the planets. You will not make anything that is in heaven above of any carved image. Example, the sun, moon, stars, the zodiac signs, or that is in the earth beneath. What is in the earth beneath? Well, in the earth, there's everything. In the earth beneath are mankind, animals. We see reptiles, creatures, fish, animals in the sea, etc., etc., insects. Everything is in the earth beneath. And the Lord said, Do not make gods using these likeness of anything that's in the heaven above, which we know what they are, the sun, the moon, the stars, do not make gods of anything that is in the earth as well. Do not make a statue saying St. Patrick. Since St. Patrick was a good man, then I made a statue of him and now worship St. Patrick. Pray to him, kneel down and bow down to him because he works miracles. That is a being here on the earth or the animals. Like some persons worship their gods, a frog, an owl, an eagle, some birds, some birds, they take them as gods as well. Others take as gods, the trees, the lakes, the rivers. We know that in Asia, there's a river that they honor and that when people die, they throw the corpse into the river to honor it. The stones as well, rocks, they use the rocks or stones. They worship them and honor them as gods. Well, what else? It's many things that exist here in the earth that man has made up calling them as their gods, this object or this element, and they worship and trust in it. The Lord knew this, and this is why the Lord tells Moses, tell the people no. He prohibits this and says, do not make for yourself anything that is in the earth or where else, or in the water under the earth, under the earth that nothing that is well that is in the sea or in the depth of the river or the valleys do not make gods from them do not make images saying that it is god this is says as well in verse 5 read verse 5 So the Lord forbids this emphatically and says, do not make gods of anything. Do not worship the sun, the stars. Do not have superstitions because of the change of the moon. Do not make a difference between them because they're simply physical acts that happen, but they have no power to help mankind to be happy or to have peace 
or especially not to have salvation. Never will these beings resolve your problems. And here clearly the Lord states not to do this. Do not bow down to them nor serve them. For I am the Lord, your God. I am a jealous God. It says visiting the iniquity of the fathers. I visit meaning I punish the man and his children until the third and fourth generation of those who commit this sin. And what not to say of the people who call upon and believe in the dead. They call upon the dead. They worship the dead. There are some places where they worship death and they say the holy death. The places where people go and take food to their family members who died, they go to the cemetery and they take food because they need to eat. And they honor them and they praise them. All of this is a sin before the Lord. The Lord is not pleased. The Lord is offended because man goes after all of these beliefs, good luck charms, and superstitions. And this is why we have to read the Bible to learn the path of God. To learn and in this way, teach our people, those that are around us, so that all can be happy. So that those that we know will be happy knowing the path of God. Knowing the truth of God. And wherever we might be around the world, whether we're in the jungle or a mountain or in a desert Wherever location it is, the Lord is there close to us and we can call upon him, pray and plead to him, look for his face. And he is so close and he helps us. He hears us. He answers and responds and teaches us. This the Lord does. Do not think that because we live in a remote area, anywhere in the earth, where civilization is far away, where there's no technology, there's no not science. Don't think, let us not believe that God is not watching us. The Lord is in all places looking at the works of mankind, their actions, good or bad. Let us not feel alone. That if we live there in the jungle, don't think we're alone. God is there with us. If we live in a desert, don't feel alone. God is there with us. This is why he is giving the opportunity to all of us to know his word, his path, and all that he wants for us to do to please him. Verse six, the Lord makes a marvelous promise that says, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and do what? And keep my commandments. And the Lord says that he shows mercy to those that keep the commandments of the Lord. And among those commandments of the Lord, here now let us go to the book of Ephesians Ephesians chapter 5. Here in Ephesians chapter 5, we are going to read 
Regarding these commandments that the Lord states, the Lord says, who loves me and keeps my commandments, I bless him. I am with him. I am close to him. I will hear him. I will listen. I will give him the joy, the happiness. This the Lord states in Ephesians chapter five. In this, the Lord says, when he says that we keep or fulfill or do his commandments, let us put into practice his commandments. Here in chapter five of Ephesians, it, the Lord says through the apostle Paul, the prophet of God, preacher, teacher of the Gentiles, Paul was this, and he, by revelation, the Lord used him and spoke through him. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Read verse one. This imitators of God. So brothers and sisters, since we are living so far, far away from the main city, I am not going to do anything good for God because the Lord doesn't even see me. He only looks at those that live in the city in the big cities. He doesn't see me because here I'm hiding in this corner. It is not so. It is not so. The Lord is there very close, more than we can ever imagine. And it says, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us. But to walk in love means not to commit sin. And it says, and Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Verse three speaks of the commandments. There in Exodus 20, it spoke that the Lord says that he who loves me and keeps my commandments, I will bless in a great way. And someone says, but what are the commandments? Here are some. Verse three, but fornication. Do not fornicate. That is a commandment. Do not commit adultery nor fornication. A commandment. This commandment of not fornicate or adultery are the ones human beings commit the most and fall into in the traps of the devil. But fornication and all uncleanness. Here the apostle doesn't stop to go in detail or break down each commandment. For example, uncleanness. Uncleanness encloses many things. A person, man or woman, can become unclean if they're a fornicator, if they're in adultery, if they begin to become a rapist, for example, if they lack in respect for family members, for example, you hear cases of family members where the brother in the flesh abuses of his sister and they're both brothers and sisters in blood. When this occurs, that is uncleanness. To this we call uncleanness. When the father rapes the daughter, that is uncleanness as well as other names. 
as well, it being a crime. But all of this is uncleanness. That is the uncleanness that the Bible mentions so much uncleanness. This, when among family members that the stepfather with the stepdaughter or the stepmother with the stepson with the uncle, with the niece, all of these aberrations are called uncleanness. There are persons and persons who have intimacy with animals, with beasts. That is called uncleanness. So we are explaining because the Bible, when it speaks of uncleanness, they are not clear and don't understand. But you see how grave it is, this sin of uncleanness? It encloses many things. What not to say as well, practicing witchcraft, practicing curses, spells, practicing to give oaths against another, spells upon another with animals or the harvest or to curse as well the goods that another may have. I'm envious, so I'm going to curse what they have and I'm going to go to the medium to give a curse upon All these things that people do, that is called uncleanness. All of this is unclean. Inappropriate things, that is uncleanness. And the Lord here speaks clearly. We do not need to commit unclean acts. The people have to be clean, honest, pure, respecting the laws of nature, respecting the laws of God respecting and doing what each one the Lord placed us in the world for, to live, to dwell, to do so with cleanness of our heart and soul and body, purified. All of these rituals, there's so many rituals that people participate in using animals for rituals to sacrifice. All of this is called uncleanness. And the Lord says that we have to turn away from that uncleanness. So again, let us reread verse three, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness for covetousness is the person who is greedy, who never conforms with what they have. And they begin to do evil actions displeasing actions to obtain benefits and to feel satisfied to possess and to have what they want without measuring any consequences or measuring whether they are harming another. So that is covetousness. Let it not even be named among you. Those who are believers of Jesus Christ, the apostle says, let it not even be named among you. As is fitting for saints, let it not be named among you. As is fitting for saints before the Lord. Fitting for saints. We, the believers in Jesus Christ, the Lord is going to be joyful and happy when he sees us committing so much unclean acts. No. The Lord will be displeased and he will say, fulfill my commandments. And if you want to be happy and if you want to receive blessings from on high power, support, protection, fulfill my commandments, do good acts. Verse four, it continues speaking of commandments. Read verse four. (laughs) 
So commandments, do not practice nor pronounce words that are dishonest. I think you do understand dishonest words, neither filthiness, harsh words, curse words, filthy words, words with double intentions, curse words. Yes, vulgar words. All of that is not convenient for of the children of God. Be cautious, the believers of Jesus Christ, in speaking all of these filthy words that are not convenient. So it says, neither filthiness nor foolish talking. All of this is not well or good. Let us live giving thanks to our Lord, admiring our neighbor, neighbors, brothers and sisters, those that congregate, looking at them, valuing them, and as persons who are important as a man and woman who are very important for the Lord has called upon them for the Lord has brought them to his church. So therefore you are very important to me. You are a person who is respectable. This is how we should see all of our brothers and sisters, believers in Jesus Christ and outside in the world. I should behave as a child of God and respect my family members if they don't come to church or loved ones or friends, neighbors or co-workers in my job or school, respect others and show them that I am a child of God. And so therefore, I am not willing to participate in filthiness, foolish talking, inappropriate actions. So the people will see our testimony. And to this, we call commandments of God. This is what we read in Exodus chapter 20, when the Lord says, fulfill my commandments. Because he that fulfills my commandments, I will bless him greatly. But see how the commandments is all of this that is said, sin, called sin. So we have to read all of the Bible to find many commandments from God. As well, it speaks in verse 5. The apostle continues, For this you know, that no fornicator or unclean person, the unclean person is one that does and commits grave sins. And the Lord, this is why he reproaches him, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of what Christ, not any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. This is why when you read the Bible, when you read the Bible, learn, pay close attention to the teaching. Try to practice. Try to please the Lord so that you may be delivered from illnesses, from evil spirits, from curses, so that you may be delivered from witchcraft and spells, so that you may live with joy because you're going to find the peace when you read the Bible. And so 
that you will not be ashamed before the world that say, oh, you're a Christian. You're an evangelist. You're a Christian. Do not be afraid. Say, I am a believer. I am a child of God. I go to church and I read the Bible without being ashamed, without hiding the spiritual identity that God has given us. Because he that is ashamed says the Lord as well as ashamed of us. So I feel proud of being a woman that reads the Bible. I feel joyful of being a woman that the people say, oh, she's Christian. I feel joyful and proud that they say that to me. It is this, the new citizenship that we have, that is our identity spiritually, to be a child of God, believer in Jesus Christ, men and women who obey God for that divine commandment that the Lord gave Moses, and as well here to the apostles, Paul, Peter, John, all of them, and today the Lord continues speaking to us through the Holy Spirit and his gifts. The Lord continues manifesting himself in our life. This is why he lives. He is real. Blessed is the name of our Lord. He is real. And so therefore we have to learn and you have to learn the doctrine and teach it because the church has to grow here. Many people have to arrive to seek the happiness and the peace, to find the hand of God, because this is the only thing that will give them joy, God. So you're not going to have any more fear or be timid to open your lips and say, God lives. Let us go to church. God manifests himself. There are the spiritual gifts. And here I found out that the women the women are the ones that have the spiritual gifts, the gift of prophecy. The men don't. How many men are there here? I see many men. Men, please wake up. What is happening? What is occurring? Look for the gift of prophecy. Remember that here the Lord Jesus chose 12 men when he began his ministry, his work. He named 12 apostles, men. And he gave them the gifts and they then became prophets, apostles, teachers, and preachers, evangelists. So of the men who live in this region or this area, these cities of Brazil, the Amazons, Atisia, Peru, the men who are knowing the word of God to receive the gift of prophecy. Agreed, brothers? Agreed? All right. So let us continue with the Apostle Paul when he says, Six, let no one deceive you, for if we do the will of God, the Lord will give us the victory and shall bless us, and that we not participate in the world with his sins, but that we turn away from that. Verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth from our Lord. Verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works or actions that are unfruitful of darkness. 
those that commit sin. The world lives in vanities and drinkingness, drunkenness, orgies, unclean acts, adulteries, fornication, murder, killing, etc., etc. This is what the world lives in, but that we should not be participants in any of these criminal acts, but turn away from that for we have to fulfill the commandments of the Lord. It says, but rather we teach and rebuke. This is verse 11, not participating in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Now in verse 14, for it to be fulfilled in our lives, the words of a prophet where he said, awake you who sleep arise from the dead, meaning you were living without God. But once you believed in Jesus Christ and in his gospel, you resurrected and now you awoke from the dead and it was fulfilled. This prophecy Awake you who sleep and arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. This is what the Lord teaching us. And in verse 18 reads, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit, the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. This is what the Lord orders us to do. But we, what are we going to do here, for example, in the weekend? So on the weekend, since there is no other distraction, there is nothing else of which I can find joy, I'm going to go to the cantina or the corner bar or to the place where people go and drink and there's music and I'm going to go there and drink and spend money on these things. When we have many other more important things in which to find joy. So we say, let us go to eat. Let us go to the corner of the river let us go eat under a tree. Let us do something different. Now we always eat at home or in the ranch or in the, wherever you may live in the tent, but let us go do something different. Let us go to the borders of the river and eat. And we'll listen to the sound of the water and let us contemplate nature. And we say, look at what the Lord does. So beautiful. God created all of this. How beautiful. We as well have many ways or forms to distract ourselves without being with the drunk and those that drink and those that curse and those that live in uncleanness mixed with these persons. Let us flee from all of this and let us live in holiness because the Lord wants for us to be individual, that we be independent men and women of God and that the world admire us and that the world come towards us and say, I see that you are happy. I want to be happy. So I'm going to follow you to do what you do. And what do we do? Glorify our Lord and follow the path of God. Do you want brothers and sisters, you in the back? Are you in agreement? Are you in agreement? that we have to change, that we have to live that life that God wants us to live there in the very back. Are you in agreement? Do you desire to please our Lord, fulfill the commandments of the Lord? We have to do so. And may the glory and honor always be for our Lord, for he is all with us.
He is our all. Christ is our all. So now you leave today with the doctrine to teach brothers and sisters so that you can teach the people. And if some of you, if you had fallen in the trap of the devil and you were practicing any of this, repent and you turn away and you teach others that you have to live in holiness and that we have to live for God, for the Lord is here with us very close to what we can imagine. And let us now begin with our questions this afternoon. Sister, good morning. Sister, welcome to the Department of Orazonta, the land which is having a peace. It is a privilege to be here in Leticia. It is a prophecy fulfilled for me because there were many prophecies that the Lord promised me in which I would be asking you a question. I have the following question. I have two questions. Sister, up to what point may I, let's say, through the Bible studies, in which my notebook is full of notes, is very full, very long, Perhaps to be able to teach my countrymen, my indigenous people, because I am to return very soon to my land, Kakita, the Pedrera. And for me, in Spanish, truly it is difficult for me to teach. And I think and I would like to teach in my language. So that is my question. The other question is, why... Was there almost a difference in all the customs of the indigenous people with the companions called white more than anything in the aspect of customs, meals, and dances? And as well, to ask you where we indigenous people came from. And let's say here in the Amazon, we are a population of 98% native and 2% of settlers. Thank you, sister. Very kind of you. First, he says that he wants to teach his brethren in his language. You can do so. You can do so. Teach in your language. Teach them the word of the Lord. But as well, continue practicing Spanish. The other, why are they different? Why are you different in your customs, the foods, the dances? Why are they different? That occurs around the world. It is not only here in the Indian tribes or in the other cultures, but around the world, customs are different. Food, the way people speak, the way people call things, dances, everything is different around the world. So I think as people around the world, they create their own generation, their own cultures, they create things. Something that's new, different. So there we see the dances, food, the way they prepare things, their beliefs. That is normal. So that is something that is not only in this region, but around the world. But I think he asked, why were they, or their origin, the origin of the Native Indians? Well, according to history, well, the story says many things. But it is said that in the antiquity, more than 2,000 years ago, when the Lord Jesus began to preach the gospel, 
and the church began Christianity. There were many battles and persecution against the Christians. During that time, it was the Roman Empire that governed, and they began to persecute all the Christians to put them to death. And there was persecution religiously, but also political, because that each one wanted to possess nations. We're speaking here of Europe and Asia. Many wars, religious battles to possess as well, kingdoms, cities, countries. So therefore, there was a dispersion. People fled to save their life, to guard their life. People fled by ocean. And probably many navigated to where they found land. Others said that because there is a land in the north, that there is a piece of land, and they say that it's very close, and that people would go in a small boat, and they would cross this area, and they came to live in this continent that was virgin. There was no one that lived here in this continent, and that people began to come and live from Mexico, Alaska, and they distributed themselves in that way. People building ships, by ocean, they traveled, many died, others were able to reach land, islands, or these locations. So they arrived here, and it was simply a jungle in this land. There was no one that inhabited the land, and they began to live here. And as centuries and years pass, the people become what we call today Indians. But it is because one person living in their life, only in the jungle, they only hear the animals. They have even, they don't even know who to speak to. They even forget to talk. If we go to a jungle and we're there five, 10 years without talking to anyone, we forget even to speak because there we simply hear the animals. So all we do is say sounds and we forget the words that we knew. That is natural. So this is why all of this tribes began, but truly it was European persons that came to live through all of Americas. They are the ones that populated the lands, the Asians as well. Then when years pass, when Christopher Columbus came as well, he came to search, he found the people, the native Indians, but they had all come before from Europe. But as years passed, logically, they lost their culture, their knowledge, their education. Each one began to create their own dialect, their own way of speaking and mentioning and speaking things how they wanted. And this is how there's that diversity of dialects, of languages, and that diversity of names that are given just to one object. Everything has a different name in a different region. And there we see the languages that are developed. That's how it simply began. It's not something that we need to make us feel less than anybody else. Because when we know the Lord, what occurs? The Lord looks simply, not if you're from this region or that region, if you're a color, if you're of this tribe, if you're yellow or black or white, what do you speak? For the Lord, we are all the same as long as we love him. He sees us as one and only one heart 
And the Lord loves us all. And we are all of value and we are all very important. In these tribes, those that say they're Indian are as very important to the Lord as us. So we have to continue forward. We have to exalt the name of the Lord for he is who unifies us. There's a chorus that says we are one in Jesus Christ. Even though society says no, the Lord says, yes, we are one in the Lord for all he sees is the heart and that heart of the Indian or who lives in the city or who's native. If you love the Lord, you are all the same for God. One Uh, not that one heart is of diamond or another of copper or of steel. No, you are all a heart for God and the Lord makes us all valuable and important for we are important to our Lord. So do not worry about that. Feel proud for having known the word of the Lord. Let us continue forward. Brothers and sisters. Yes, brother. Welcome. I, who am speaking, comes from the Church of Linz, Lima, Peru. And in this opportunity, I see the prophecy of our Lord fulfilled, where he told me that I would be here present this afternoon, getting to know his servant. My question is, how does the Lord consider and categorize those people of whom lately have been spreading and creating religious groups, creating organizations that speak of God, but do not put it into practice nor comply with the word of God. How does he categorize them and what destiny awaits them? And lastly, correct me, sister, if I am mistaken, this is where the Lord, let's say that when the Lord in his word says that they are accursed, correct me in this. The, the Bible does use the term accursed or cursed, but let us say you're speaking of persons that are of congregations who teach doctrines. People who have created congregations and speak about the doctrine and do not fulfill it. For example, when they speak about the word of the Lord and they say, well, well, they read and they read, but lastly, they do not fulfill it and they deceive and they risk the faith of the believers. The Lord becomes angry and precisely the Lord mentions these cases of those persons that preach for their own greed, for money. And they preach for their own convenience. They preach the word of God that is in the Bible, but the Lord punishes these people and the Lord does not support as well. For we see that the Lord never supports these persons. They may have a group a reduced group of number of persons, a small group, but the Lord does not support. And with time it disperses or they end and the Lord becomes angry with these persons who do this for their own personal gain. They preach the word of God for a business and there then have a punishment. This is why we, who the Lord gives us the opportunity to know righteousness, the right path. The Psalm says the path of perfection. He that finds the path of perfection and follows it, he shall serve God. So we are finding this path of perfection. The Lord is perfecting us and we follow and he is supporting us and blesses us. We have to continue forward as well. And there in that place where you live, where hopefully one day there you can be that column, that pillar, and the people will know and see that truly there are those that do love God and seek God. And there exists the path of truth, the path that brings to eternal life. 
That is what is beautiful. Very well, brother. Let us continue. Boa tarde, irmã Maria Luísa. É uma alegria imensa. Meu coração não tem o tamanho da felicidade de estar aqui nesse estudo bíblico hoje. Quero também deixar, é, falar para a senhora que o Brasil já lhe ama. E que em Tabatinga nós queremos uma igreja também. Irmã, a minha pergunta é do livro de Jó, capítulo 3, versículo de 1 a 4. Good afternoon, Sister Mary Luisa. My heart is overflowing with joy because I am here with you. And I want to tell you that Brazil loves you. And we are awaiting for the church to also be in the city of Tabatinga. My question is of the Bible in Job chapter 3. Fala assim. Dá licença. Eu não estou enxergando. Depois disso, Jó abriu a boca e amaldiçoou o dia de seu nascimento, dizendo, pereça o dia do meu nascimento. And it says, Job 3.1 After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job spoke and said, May the day perish on which I was born, and the night in which it was said, a male child is conceived. Irmã Maria Luísa, eu gostaria que a senhora esclarecesse esse versículo, e eu queria saber se Jó pecou ou não amaldiçoando o dia do seu nascimento. Muito obrigada. Sister Mary Luísa, I would like to know if Job sinned by cursing the day of his birth. And I would like for you to clarify this. Very well. Well, I think Job did not sin. Because the time, we cannot turn it back. To curse a day, we do not know what age Job had. Perhaps he was 100 years old. To turn back time so that it could be effective, that curse, it is, could not be done. So therefore, what Job said was simply a saying, a way of speaking, a manner of he simply expressing his pain, his sadness that he felt and had in that moment of the tribulation, the illness. And he wanted to curse his the day of his birth, but he did not sin because that day he could not bring it back. The day had already passed many years before. So that day as well did not receive a curse. That day did not receive it as well because it had already passed that date. And this Job did not sin. The Lord saw Job as a child when he and his, is being stubborn in his own self-whim and says many things without any making sense. This is how the Lord saw Job, this expression. But it does not mention that he had sinned or he had offended God because of that. The Lord saw him as a child who speak things that cannot be changed or that will not happen. It is this. Very well. Let us continue. May God bless you. Sister, my question is in Matthew 6, where Jesus teaches about charity, prayer, and fasting. So, 
based off of this chapter, I want to ask you two questions. It's about prayer, sister. I would like to know if it's possible to move God's heart because, well, in prophecy, he says many things, right? But if one could in one way or another to move that heart, just as in the parable of the unjust judge and the persistent widow, where the judge did give justice to her because of how much she would cry out. And it also says in the Bible that if we knock at the door, the Lord will open it for us. For the Lord to hear our prayer as well, we need to be worthy. Be worthy. Uh, how should we stand so that our prayer will reach God and he will answer? How should our heart be? Our heart should be clean. For if within us there is revenge, vanity, pride, covetedness, greed, envy, being a hypocrite. If within us there are these things, I pray to the Lord and surely he will not hear me. He will not answer. Perhaps he may hear me, but he will not answer. He does not respond. So I need to examine myself clean every day and try to be correct before the Lord so that my prayer, the Lord can attend to it, hear it and answer. So this is where we say that I am going to soften the heart of God because as well, my life is a righteous life and the Lord sees that in my life being righteous, it is worthy. It deserves that I hear, that I answer, that I respond. Deserves because they make the effort. They're seeking me. They make the effort to praise me. They make the effort to fulfill the commandments. They make the effort to do things correctly. So I am going to help them. I'm going to respond and I'm going to bless. This is what is called to soften the heart of God. Very well. Let us continue. Good afternoon, Sister Mary Louisa. I would like to ask you a question in Numbers 28, verse 9 and 10. Yes, sister. Numbers chapter 28, verse 9 and 10. Yes. And on the Sabbath day, two lambs in their first year without blemish and two tenths of an eve of the fine flour as a grain offering mixed with oil with its drink offering. This is the burnt offering for every Sabbath besides the regular burnt offering with its drink offering. Sister, these verses have a connection with Matthew chapter 12, verse 5, where it speaks about our Lord Jesus Christ teaching the disciples. And he said, or have you not read in the law? This is in Matthew 12, verse 5. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? My question, sister, is in these two verses where I can't understand it's we know that the Lord would tell his disciples that he was the Sabbath but I don't understand why it says that the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless if you could please clarify this for me very God well bless you. when it says that the priests would defile the day of rest 
means that they were in sin. When they made the sacrifices to the temple, they were committing sin, lived in sin. And since there was no one to judge them, there was no one to accuse them. No one realized they were the priest. They were those who ordered. They were the ones that had the command, the authority, the priest. They committed many faults before the Lord and no one dared to mention because they had to be respected. This occurs as well till today. And this is why the Lord Jesus says that they always defiled the day of rest and no one would fault them or judge them. But the Lord was looking at their wrongful actions or their acts of these persons. Today, the same. The Lord is watching and the Lord is judging our actions. If we do good works, the Lord rewards us. If we commit infractions or we commit grave faults, the Lord will punish us as well. This is what the Lord does very well. The Lord Jesus was teaching the law of Moses to his people. When he was there, he taught the law of Moses so that all could practice it. But it was late. It was too late for they were all removed from the glory of God. And the only one that did practice all the law of Moses was the Lord Jesus. He was the only one. Very well. Let us continue. Good afternoon, sister. Sister, I have a question. The question that I have is about the human life cycle. Because once I read in the book that human existence is limited because of, well, because of the way that we eat our bad habits. For example, when we eat meat, that has so many consequences to eating meat, for example, damage to our cells or or illness like cancer. And after the flood that God allowed this to happen to cut humans' life expectancy down because no, before... No, those are lies. That after the flood, the Lord removed the life cycle. No, what the Lord spoke is that he would give them a time frame of 120 years, but those that lived during that time to repent while Noah built the ark. So when Noah was building the ark, it took him 120 years to build. And that was the time frame. He said, I give you the time frame of 120 years. If within that you don't re repent, you will perish. And so since they didn't, they perished, but not that of age, because there it speaks that after Abraham, he lived many years and other persons lived more than 120 years. So the people misinterpreted the Bible in that aspect. Yes. But sister. continue. What else that you, they say after the flood? I thought that lifespans back then no, no, were no. shorter. And here in the Bible, I find in Genesis chapter six, verse three, it says, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever. For he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There is speaking of the generation during that time, of all the people that lived during that time. I will no longer argue because they are given over to sin. All were given to sin. So the Lord said, only 120 years you have left. Within 120 years, all shall die. How? In the flood. This is what occurred in that verse that you read. 
Oh, okay, sister. Thank you. May God bless you. But I didn't understand the beginning where you asked me, were you read in a book? Yes. That you did not need to eat? About consumption of well, meat. Then the book say you shouldn't eat meat? Yes, because of all the contamination of the antibiotics well, and hormones. Not only meat, but every other product, they're all contaminated. Fruits, vegetables, everything is contaminated. So water, the amb ambience. So we're going to live of the mercy of God. Because of the mercy of God, we're going to live. And knowing this, that there is so much contamination around the world in the universe in all the foods because of the preservatives, because all of the things that are placed in the foods and the products, even more so, let us prepare ourselves to be organized for the Lord because we do not know what will occur, what will happen. There are many illnesses, but it does not matter. Let us not worry about the illnesses. Let us worry. How is our spiritual life? How are we before the Lord? In any moment that the Lord wants to come gather us, to call us before his presence, are we ready and prepared for the Lord? For the situation is very difficult around the world. It is this, and no one is going to resolve that problem. No one can fix it. So, there's going to be lacking of products with pro with time. There's not going to be enough food with time is going to be too hot, but let us walk with God and he will give us what the peace, the joy, the happiness, the health while we live. So it is this we need of God, man, mankind, the people need of God and the world. Mankind has forgotten God. They forgot God. We are worse than in the time of Noah. Worse we are in this situation. For no one remembers God. We are very few that are here calling upon the Lord. But the Lord, may he help us to speak and evangelize the rest of the world. Another question? Good afternoon, Sister Mary Louisa. Sister, referring to what you were speaking about in Exodus chapter 20 and what the Lord commented on about the indigenous people. So I have a small question, and that is from colonization, the teaching of God. So and of Jesus. And so previously in antiquity before being conquered they had what we see in the bible idolatry the sun the moon so there are many people in this moment that do not know the word by not knowing the word are they going against and would it be called defilement because it goes against what is being established by the bible i have that doubt if you could just clarify that well, if we are going to speak around the world, the universe, idolatry exists since Adam and Eve. No one becomes sad. Since Adam and Eve, there exists idolatry. When the Lord created man and made Adam and Eve, and there they began to form and multiply the earth, the people became idolaters. When the flood came with Noah... The people were idolaters. The people had begun to adore the sky, the moon, the stars, the sun, the wood, the stones, the animals. They had begun to worship 
are these idols. And this is why the Lord saw this wickedness in man to turn away from God. And he sent the flood to destroy them. After the flood, once again, the people in the same with their idolatry. Idolatry has always existed. And since I said in a wide range, because the story is too extensive, after the Lord Jesus Christ, there was a persecution of the Christians, the way everyone dispersed of what the Lord had left the apostles. They fled to America by ship through the Barrett Strait or wherever they crossed. They fled to America and they took the religion. They had the religion, Christianity in their heart. And when they begin to dwell in all that is America, from Alaska to Patagonia, they see that centuries pass, years and years go by, and they forget. They forget that doctrine that they had in their heart. So they begin to distort. They begin to distort their religious beliefs. And the people begin as well, the devil there helping them and conducting them as you say, in the mountains, in the lagoons, the rivers, the trees, the stones, the animals, and what's on the earth and what's above, the devil compelled them to believe in all those things until it's removing them from the belief of a God in spirit. That's what happens because many, many centuries, years go by. This is why when the colonization happens, there they find that they had their religion. The native Indians had their religion, but they found writings. They found writings they found on stones where it mentions the sacrifices of Christ. It mentions revelation. It mentions the Bible with different words, with different names, but all is mentioned from the Bible. That's what those of the colonization found here when they came for the first time. They found that the people knew they had written something of the Bible of Jesus Christ, for that's what they had in their heart, and they wrote it on the stones. So we cannot say that idolatry was just yesterday, that has always existed, that the colonization came to bring religion. What they did was to mix the beliefs of the colonization with those that were native. That's what happened. So there they begin to force the people that they have to be Catholic, but truly the truth of God was never founded. The truth of the Lord, this, the truth of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit was never spread until now when God, since the early 19th century, that the Lord begins to manifest himself in the people, those that read the Bible, to give them of the Holy Spirit so that they will begin to preach a new religion. This, brothers and sisters. So there is no reason to be confused or feel guilty, but the battle has always been there. And the people, the people with their own dialect, they form their dialect. It is the way they communicate. And in the city, the government, since they do not work together in the city, in the countryside, in the rainforest, they should all work just the same. But we see that they're all separate. There's a discrimination of one with the other. And we see one against another. Discrimination truly, culturally, of every aspect 
but because of the government. Because we see those that are in charge that all rejoice of a telephone, that all should rejoice of having a TV. They all should enjoy of studying, of have education, of reading a book, but they don't do that. So this is why today we see, oh, the Indian tribe, they're so separate. They're over there. What do they think of us then? Or what do we think of them? Well, each one thinks and is respectable what they think. But that is at fault for those that lead, that they create this division and they limit and they only worry about the cities and they never remember the outside cities or the outside mountains or small towns so that people are all educated because the people are not educated. And if you're not educated, then you all stay the same. No one is up to date and that's not correct. The Lord always helps us. The Lord does bring us up to date. The Lord teaches us and the Lord does teach us that we are persons who are important and we all have rights. We all have rights of being a human being. We have a right to speak, to be heard, to be valued and what they are. And the Lord is who truly does this work within us. And this is why. We should give thanks to our Lord, how he unifies us all. He brings us all together and we feel as one because the love of God is within our hearts and we are not being discriminated against or separating one from each other, but all the same with love. For example, I had the opportunity of traveling to Asia, to a region where they're of color a majority of persons are of color in Asia, but they believe in the Lord. They had the spiritual gifts and they would come to me and I felt great love for them. What joy and happiness I felt for them. Even though they were different from me, they were different from how I was, but they believed in the Lord. They believed in Christ and the Holy Spirit. The Lord moves in their life. That was the most important thing to me. That is called being one in the Lord. So this is how... We, those that know of God, that we are reading the Bible, knowing the path of the Lord, we should all feel as brothers and sisters of the Lord. It does not matter where you live. If you live in a palace or if you live in the desert, it does not matter. We are one in the Lord and we are the same because the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart of each one. That is what he sees. So in that is what we should feel feel joyful that there is one that remembers us who is organized and it is our Lord. And may God give the skills to people, those that lead, that the Lord blesses them one day as well, that there be those that govern, who be fearful of God, who do things correctly, who work for the people, for the community, who truly there be that type of leader. This we shall call upon the Lord for that he allow this. And that way there will be more happiness in a nation. Let us continue. Good afternoon, Sister Mary Louisa. First of all, I would like to give the glory to God for allowing the spiritual leader to be in the Amazons today, a blessed land by God with beautiful scenery and diversity in flora and fauna with humble and kind people. If you will allow me, I have a question in the Bible. Yes, sister. It is found in Romans 7, verse 17. 
Romans 7, verse 17. Yes, sister, you may read. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Sister, we know that the Holy Spirit is the one that delivers us as long as we set our hearts for the things of God. We also know that we will present ourselves to the Heavenly Father as those adopted sons of our Lord Jesus Christ without blemish, just as it says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5. Sister, if you can please clarify these three topics. Here where Romans? Yes. Or which one? Yes. Where it says, Paul, the Apostle Paul says, but now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. There he was speaking of mankind has a tendency. Mankind have a tendency in the flesh, which is sin, to do what is evil, to disobey, to please themselves, to look for their pleasure of the world, the joy, their own. And that sinful tendency was in the body. And when he was part of the law of Moses, there was no one who could change him or remove that sinful tendency. And the commandment said, do not steal, do not take the wife of another, do not commit adultery. And he said, no, I read the law of Moses, but I could not put into practice because my body, there was that tendency of committing adultery. So I did adultery and I read the law. Do not do that, the Lord says. So what he says that in the body of the person is that tendency, but someone more powerful has to come to that body to remove that tendency. This is why he is speaking of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the apostle Paul, that he as well lived that experience that he wanted to do what was good, but he couldn't. And he desired to do good, but he couldn't, he couldn't reach it. But when he believed in Christ, when he converted to the gospel, that the Holy Spirit came to his life, to his heart, and removed that sinful tendency. And he could then control and dominate, control his flesh, have self-control and say no to sin. Because Christ did that miracle in his life, in his body. And as us today, we have, we have to ask the Lord or as well be willing in our heart for God. So that the spirit of God will come to us and remove that sinful tendency and we can live in holiness for it to be fulfilled. This verse that says that Christ is perfecting his church so that it be a church that is perfect, holy, without wrinkle. And this is how each man and woman need to live that say or that we are Christian, that we are believers of Christ. We have to live holy and without stain and wrinkle. How do we reach that? It is reached by saying, I want, I believe, Lord, I trust in you, Lord. Come to my life, Lord. I want to be willing for you. I want to please you. Help me in that holiness. And if I do so sincerely, the Lord will come to my life and will remove that sinful tendency and I stop sinning. In that way, then I will be perfect. Then I will be a person without stain and wrinkle in a spiritual sense. Then I will be prepared to go to the Lord before the presence of God.
this is what we here every day are struggling for or making the effort for wanting to reach that. And we have to be perfect in this life, not in the next, but here the day that you die or that I die, I have to be perfect. We should be perfect and perfect is that within the heart, there is nothing sinful. There is no envy or pride or grudges or the desire to harm anyone or especially not to commit adultery or kidnapping or murder or any criminal act. None of that is in my heart. I observe it. I see it in another, but within my heart, none of that exists and not existing here. It means I am perfect. We are perfect. So each one of us, let us analyze ourselves, analyze your life, your situation. How is your heart? What is your tendency? So that you can ask the Lord to help you change because you have to be a perfect man and a perfect woman. And the perfection is not that you are walking on clouds. No, that's not perfection. People thought, oh, to be perfect is you're walking on air. No, not to eat or drink. You don't need to sleep. Oh, that was perfection. No, perfection is a regular human being, a normal person. The apostle Paul says that he was perfect. The apostle Paul said he was perfect. And he was sleepy. He ate. He was hungry. He was sad. He, they made him cry. They made him suffer. But he has said he was perfect because within my heart, there is none of those sins. So therefore my life is perfect. Do you believe that we can reach perfection? We have to reach it. It can be done because it is not as people thought. People thought, oh, perfection was someone who was glorious that didn't even have a hunger or thirst. No, simply perfection is to turn away from sin. Keep those commandments that God commanded. And to that end, we must read the Bible to know how else we are failing God to then change. The Lord Jesus Christ said to the Jews, the commandment said, you shall not commit adultery. And I say to you, surely he saw some men that were lustful, that were falling in love with women, that they looked at the women to like them. And the Lord saw the situation and he said, the commandment says, do not commit adultery. But I say to you that any who looks at a woman to desire her, to want her, he has already committed adultery. In his heart, he has committed adultery in his heart. Imagine that, that the Lord said, so see that simply with looking and desiring you sin. So the Lord said, be careful with this. Today, this is called being a pervert. That you're looking and desiring, you're feeling, and there you want things and you imagine things and you look at a woman and you undress her with your thoughts. That's called being a pervert. And it's also called adultery and fornication. Because simply to look at her and desire her, you're committing adultery in your heart. So therefore, so we need to ask the Lord to cleanse us from all of this so that we are no longer thinking wrongfully 
or looking with those fleshly eyes, with that maliciousness, with that flesh, looking with that lustfulness, because there you sin as well. When you are free from that, you say, I am perfect in this aspect because I no longer look with maliciousness at anyone because I have what is mine at home and with my family and my household is enough. And I don't need to look outside what I shouldn't and offend God because the Lord is who knows all of our actions. And when you change and the Lord changes you because you deserve that change, then you say, I am perfect now. I can control this weakness. I am perfect. I am mature in this. I am capable of resisting, of controlling myself and saying no to the devil and saying to my flesh, no. This is what the Lord says that we need to be perfect in. And the Lord Jesus will present a church that is perfect without stain and wrinkle. And that church are the believers. And it shall be for the Lord spoke. Glory to the Lord. Very well. Let us now, brothers and sisters, I am grateful to all of you, your attention today. I hope that the teaching reached your heart, that you leave to teach, to teach, that you leave here with a new and different thoughts. I ask the Lord to allow me to return once again as soon as possible to see the growth that the Lord will give from now on in the church. And not only growth, not only the growth in numbers and people, but the spiritual. And when I return, I am going to hope to see many men, men with the gift of prophecy. So therefore, how many make that commitment to receive the gift of prophecy soon? How many make that commitment? Very well. Let it be so. May the Lord give you the gift of prophecy for we need many men, many men for they are stronger. They have to go and evangelize, speak, teach, preach. So the man is stronger, more suitable to carry out this type of arduous work, such as preaching the word of the Lord in different places. So we need for the men, the brothers to wake up, to awake to reality and that they not sleep. They not continue sleeping, please. But that you put the name of our Lord way on high, the name of our Lord on high and that they receive the spiritual. Let us rise and let us sing. Let us sing a chorus. Let us sing that chorus that is titled, Oh, What a Wonder. Chorus 139. And then to continue with our prayer. Blessed is the Lord. Bless God Almighty. God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord. In this moment, Holy Lord, we present ourselves before you to give you thanks for your mercy, for your love, to thank you for your promises that are fulfilled, your fidelity, for your presence today, for your presence in this gathering. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us as well to gather in this place we ask, Father, that from now on, Lord, extend your hand. Let it be you blessing each man and woman that are willing for you. 
and that this afternoon in this place, extend your hand of power. Extend your hand and let it be you doing miracles, signs in each life, in each heart. Let it be you, O Lord, delivering each person, removing, O Lord, every bondage, removing chains, bondage, veils, let it removing spiritual deafness, spiritual blindness, removing spiritual muteness and destroying all work of the enemy, all curse from the enemy be removed, all witchcraft, all curse and destroy, O Lord, all that the enemy has planted in the lives and in the hearts of each person. Deliver, O Lord, for you deliver the captive. You cleanse, O Lord, the heart and the lives of each person that is willing for you. Cleanse, O Lord, remove torments, tortures in the people, for the devil has come to take, to torture, and to place illnesses and to place traps upon each one. Lord, let it be you delivering and cleansing each life and each heart. Remove the work of the enemy. Remove the curses. Remove all that is lacking, the superstitions, all that destroys the spiritual life and that places an obstacle and a barrier between your presence and the people. Lord, let it be you delivering, breaking, O oh Lord, breaking the barriers, breaking the chains of slavery, removing shackles and chains. Remove, O oh Lord, deliver, break the illnesses, heal as well, O oh Lord, those that have a physical illness and those as well spiritually, mentally, deliver them, O oh Lord. Deliver, Father, as you say in the Psalms that you have been to deliver deliver and to cleanse the captive, to heal the sick. Lord, today we ask that let it be you blessing and healing and delivering each one, breaking, O oh Lord, all slavery from the enemy. Prosper them, Lord, and bless them and cleanse each one and do miracles and signs in each one. Bless, O oh Lord, this city. Bless, O oh Lord, this area. Bless, O oh Lord, each one that has come from afar and return them safely to their different destinations and prosper them in their path spiritually and materially as well. Bless as well, O oh Lord, each one that watch the video that call upon you and ask of you for their mercy, blessings. Prepare them, O oh Lord, their heart and bless each one, O oh Lord. Deliver all, O oh Lord, and heal all. Cleanse, O oh Lord. Powerful are you, O oh Lord. Blessed forevermore, now and evermore. Thank you, Father. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is the glory, the honor, and the praise for you, now and forevermore. Glory to your name. Glory to your name forevermore. Thank you, Lord. Powerful is the Lord. Blessed is the Lord who lives and reigns forevermore. Holy are you, my Lord. Powerful Lord. Every day
Jesus Christ, your beloved son. Amen. Glory to the Lord. Thank you, brothers and sisters. God bless you. And until the next time, thank you. And may the teaching have arrived today to your hearts. May the Lord be in charge of working in each heart and breaking the hardness and remove many barriers and may the Lord bless you greatly and may the Lord do his will and his plans with you as he has so promised. God bless you and thank you. Amen.